Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a great American and my friend, the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? Man, guys, I am doing fantastic today. I am at the beach. Uh, instead of staying in Mobile this go-around since it's uh, summertime and we avoided a hurricane last week, I am staying in Orange Beach, Alabama with my beautiful wife. And so uh, hopefully we'll at some point this week get to do a little bit of relaxing. I am in a brand spanking new podcast studio with 3D walls for soundproofing, which this Bradley, this thing is way too nice for me to be sitting in right I'm now. I'm sitting here processing my carrier download. Uh, well, keep going. Okay. A- absolutely. Guys, we're we're at Deep Fried Studios in Mobile, Alabama today and we have moved podcast studios very couple big steps today. A couple, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We are excited to be here. This place is absolutely phenomenal. Everything's brand It's like getting in a brand new car mm-hmm. for the first time. I love it. Guys, our mission on this podcast, we are here to help you agents in any way we can. Sales, marketing, digital, you name it, we're here to help you with that. We have a wonderfully beautiful guest on the show today, and I think he is going to provide some some very valuable insight. Now, Bradley, you may disagree with me on this. I don't know. But I feel like our podcast is kind of the tip of the spear in terms of finding out about technology that's out there. Number one, you, more than anybody I know, seem to know all the latest and greatest stuff that's out there. And on this show, I think we talk a lot about new and innovative we try to. technology we try to, in the we, market. It, one, of, one of my goals with it is to try to not be the tip of the sword from an egotistical standpoint, mm-hmm. but to try to provide the most advanced technology from a value standpoint right. to our audience. Absolutely. And I but, want somebody to learn something every time they listen. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, and and my goal this year, guys, and I think it's one of the things I hear more than anything else, we want to provide actionable steps in each podcast for you guys to, to turn the podcast off and go do rather than just listen, turn it off, and think about it for a little while. So today we're going to try to do that. I think it's time to bring on our unbelievably cool guest, and and I think you heard me on his podcast last week. Guys, he grew up and currently resides in Yukon, Oklahoma. He uh, is a graduate from Christian Heritage Academy and then studied business at Oklahoma State University. He is married to the beautiful Madison, and they have two beautiful boys. He has been an insurance agent since 2014, and he currently serves as the CEO and torchbearer of BrightBee.com, an insure tech company on a mission to help and improve agents' digital exposure online and in search results. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the other incomparable Mr. Kagan Henson. How you doing, Kagan? Hey, I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. I've got the, the most important question of the day out of the gate. Are you ready for that? 
I'm absolutely ready. He tell, doesn't. He doesn't sound like it. Tell, tell me. Tell Bradley and I and the and the two hundred and fifty thousand insurance agents that are listening right now. What in the world knockerball is? <laughs> well, uh, knockerball. So just to give a little backstory, so I had an insurance agency actually sold that last year mm-hmm. um, to start Brightby.com. Uh, to serve agents across the the country, and Knockerball was my uh, second gig to just make sure that I could survive mm-hmm. while I started the agency. So I started the agency uh, in 2014, mm-hmm. and of course, as anyone knows, you start out with zero, and you mm-hmm. go, "Okay, I'm going to make it," but I, but honestly, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Right? Right. right, right, right. <laughs> my goal was to make it, sure. and so I actually started another business as well. And um, ran both the businesses out of my office. Um, Knockerball is a rental company. Um, and if you see it, it's kind of a national brand now. Uh, but you get in these big bubble uh, bubbles and you hit each other, ram each other. Um, and so I actually grew that while I was growing the insurance agency. Um, I had another child and I was like, oh, my gosh, what what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I made things work and I sold that business as well last last year. So uh three businesses in the last five years and I've got one now and I'm thankful for that. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, I think sometimes you have to diversify, especially when you're starting out in the insurance business. It's, that's another one of the ma- multiple mini failures that I have in my life is I've got all my eggs in the insurance basket right now. Some people would say that's good. Some people would say that that's bad. I would love to diversify and get into some other businesses myself just to diversify and just not have all my eggs in one basket. Does that, does that make sense? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you know, I, kind of look at it. I, first off, I I love business. I love uh, starting businesses, Mm -hmm. um, kind of have a a thing for that. I really enjoy it. It gets me energized. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, um, it's kind of like investments for me, right? You Mm -hmm. diversify your investments. Right. Um, I just like to invest in businesses. So I'm going to, I'm going to put you in the passenger seat of my DeLorean. We're going to go back and I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about how you got started in the insurance business. By the way, can I, can I just drop something on you real quick? Please go ahead. So I have been trying for the last seven days and you were actually blocked from my Facebook timeline. So you couldn't see this. Of course I was. To find someone in the mobile area that owned a DeLorean Mm. and we were going to surprise you and have the DeLorean (laughs) pull up outside the door here. Well, I've got my and keys with literally, me right now. Literally every single DeLorean that is located in the Mobile right, area right, right. does not crank. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so everybody, I had two or three people like, yeah, I've got one, but it doesn't crank. <laughs> you have to haul it with a wrecker <laughs> like, over there. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. sorry. So before we get back in my DeLorean and go back in time, there is there is a question that has been burning in my mind about you since since the very first time I ever started Facebook stalking you learning more about who who Kagan Henson is. So early on in our relationship, Kagan, and you don't know this about me, but I, I, I studied you the way the Discovery Channel studies meerkats. And uh-huh. and and one of the things that has always been uber intriguing to me, and Bradley brings this company up quite often on the podcast and, and on social media. You were a general manager at Chick-fil-A, were you not? Absolutely. I have got to know and I think it would be I think it would be incredibly insightful to the 250,000 insurance agents around the world that are listening to this in terms of training, you know, the training that you got while you were at Chick-fil-A. Give us just five bullet points, maybe three, three to five bullet points 
of things that you learned during your time at Chick-fil-A and the training that you received there that kind of translates over to the insurance world? Wow. Well, it would be my pleasure. <laughs> it would be my honor. To, to talk I wasn't, about this. I wasn't, pre- I wasn't prepared for that, but it would be my honor to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually started in the restaurant industry. My family has, uh, all owned restaurants. Uh, so yes. kind of in the, kind of in the blood. Right. And, uh, really, really enjoy it. Uh, but decided to get out, uh, just looking at the trend of my family, uh, with, with health conditions and everything else. I thought, you know, I, th- I think I need a little th- something safer, mm-hmm. uh, to, to keep, keep me stable, uh, with my health and everything else. But, um, started, uh, at Chick-fil-A when I was in high school and had an amazing opportunity mm. to manage, uh, a lot of people, um, when I was in high school and then went to general manager and opened a store in Yukon, wow. uh, Oklahoma. Wow. And so it was a phenomenal opportunity, but, uh, man, the things that I learned, uh, you know, I love, I love people and I love serving. Mm-hmm. Um, serving is just, just extremely important to me in everything that we do. But, you know, when you're in that, that type of high performance, um, mm-hmm. industry, mm-hmm. um, there, there's something different about Chick-fil-A. They're extremely high performing, but also, um, the systems that they have in mm-hmm. place, mm-hmm. a systematic approach to everything, mm-hmm. uh, definitely translated very well over to, uh, the, the industry. Now, now um, let me, st- let me that, stop you right there. Yeah. So systematic approach to everything. Are we talking about, and again, this translates to the insurance industry. When you say systematic approach, are you talking about written, short information relative to processes where everything they do has a step-by-step process on how you do it? Is that what you mean by that? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a process for everything, right? Mm -hmm. And though we don't sit there and read the process every single Mm -hmm. day, Mm -hmm. it's ingrained in us and and we're trained uh, to to understand those processes and and act on them every single time, Mm -hmm. right? And I think, um, you know, as you guys know, uh, unfortunately, sometimes the industry uh, doesn't have great processes all the time, especially when we're starting our own business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and, and that's understandable. Um, and see, right. Right. Bradley. Uh, so I'm sitting here thinking, said, I wonder though, who has more moving what has more moving parts, an insurance agency or a Chick-fil-A? I don't know. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's 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 hard to know because there are so many processes. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, it definitely it definitely uh, changed my life and how I thought about uh, how to go about certain things, different different ways of doing things. If that makes sense. Now, did you go down to Atlanta and spend time at the corporate headquarters for Chick Fil A, like going through training on how to be a general manager and those types of things? Yeah, so kind of kind of fell into that. I I did not go to Atlanta. I did go to Atlanta to to see, uh, the operation, mm-hmm. uh, actually got to meet Truett Cathy, uh, right before he passed away, wow. which was, um, an amazing honor and, mm-hmm. um, just a great experience, mm-hmm. um, to, to be able to see the face who has, who's really put this all together. Oh yeah. But, but overall I train mostly, uh, Chick-fil-A has a phenomenal operation to bring the people to your town mm-hmm. and train you there mm-hmm. versus you having to go somewhere else. Gotcha. Yeah. So they do have trainers that go, travel out across the country to the new Chick-fil-A's. I guess they could go to, if one starts underperforming, they could actually go into those as well and kind of prop them up a little bit. Right. Yeah. I say they have one of the best support systems there. There is. 
And give me one takeaway in terms of the customer experience that Chick-fil-A provides. Like maybe something that I know Disney has that create the magic thing that they do with their employees where they empower each employee that if they see a kid that's crying because mom and daddy won't get them the Mickey Mouse ears they want, they they have the authority to walk over and go, hey, buddy, you, you want these ears? Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm crying. Well, here, you can, right. you can just have them. And, right, and well, they call it, that creating the magic at Disney World, right? Yeah, so so it's all about second mile service. So everyone goes agents, the first mile. It's, write it's that required. shit down, agents. Second write what? that write that shit down. Second mile service. Second mile service. It's all about the second mile service, and you know we we all have to do the first mile, right? Mm. Um, we we're required to. You know, it's how we get paid or, or whatever. But when it comes to the second mile, it's it's truly a mind shift. It's a mind change. It's a heart change, honestly. Um, that how will you go the second mile? And that is not that that's not up to the process. Um, so just because the process says this doesn't mean that you don't go further. If right. that makes sense. Right. And so I think it's extremely important. And honestly, I I think Chick Fil A helps even young individuals when they come in. And that's why, you know, people say it's so important to work at a restaurant when you're young. It's so important to work at a Chick-fil-A when you're young because it helps you understand what going the extra mile uh, truly means. I love that and, so much. And, so, and yeah, here, so second here, mile, I would say, is a big thing. Here's the thing, too. Something I don't think I've ever mentioned on the podcast is, you know, you, you mentioned Disney. So mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of tie these two together. So a friend of mine who actually is going to be in the studio today doing a podcast with us, uh, Scott Tindall, uh, attended the Disney Institute where they teach you their, you know, customer service training and things like that. And um, and one thing they they talk about is on stage, off stage. Right. So you know, no matter what you have going on mm-hmm. in your personal life, it, whatever, when you're at the office, when you're in front, especially in front of that customer, right. you are on stage. Absolutely. And to back up, I was on Facebook one time and somebody posted something about how great Chick-fil-A's customer service is, or what I call customer experience. I don't think it's customer service. And uh, and this guy comments, mm. and he says, you know, it's all fake, right? Like, what do you mean? Like, well, we really don't all get along that good. We're really all not that nice. Oh, it's he just was a Chick-fil-A fa- guy. Yeah, he's an yeah. Ex- ex-Chick-fil-A employee. Right. It's all fake. We don't get along that well. Right. Uh, we, we don't. We're not that nice. And I'm like, who cares? Right. It's what about, it's, it's, it's. Your own stage. Uh, it's, it's. How do you convey that to the customer? That's right. all that matters. Right, right, I right. I mean, if you're a shitty person behind the scenes, I mean, that's your problem, not mm-hmm. the customer. You absolutely. know what I mean? Absolutely. What, what, what do you say to that? Well, I think it's absolutely true. I mean, first off, we're all people, and people don't always get along, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's in the business, uh, in a restaurant, or in an insurance agency. But I think one thing that Chick-fil-A does very well is they teach you and they train you how to do your job and they help you understand how to discern uh, when you're doing your job. So whatever the personal side is really what it comes down to when you're, when you're in the business, this is how you respond. These are the principles that you abide by. And so not everyone lives the same way, you know? Um, And so that's, that's the deal. I mean, that's your expected. Let's say you are not that nice of a person. Okay, let's say you're not the my pleasure, thank you, have a great day type of person. But if you are constantly exposed to that environment, it's going to rub off on you. Absolutely. 
Sure, and if it doesn't, you're immediately gone. Right. <laughs> so, well, it's, it's what, like so, with, I mean, with our agency, we have four core values, and we hire against those, and we fire against those. Right. And after two months, if you don't meet all four of those, you're gone. It doesn't matter how high of a producer you are. Well, to Bradley's point, Kagan, you know one of the one of the core values in my agency that that I harp on all the time, and Bradley's heard me say it in in one way, which is. We need Paula Dean and sweet tea, but one of the core one of the co- core values and cultures in my agency that I've been harping on since day one is on stage, off stage, yep. because every single employee I have, including myself, we just take turns going through one catastrophe after another in our personal life. You know, one month it's Scott going through this, you know, thing that is just unbelievably bad. And then the next month it's somebody else that's going through a divorce or their kid's sick and in the hospital and mother's about to pass away and she's in a hospital. I think right now I've got one that has a father that's about to pass away. So, and we've all got stuff. Everybody. But everybody. And, and, and as a leader, you've got to take that employee and make them feel okay. Sure. You've got to acknowledge it. You've got to talk to them about it if they want to talk to about it. But when you're in front of that customer, yep. I'm not talking about when you walk in the door, it's on stage, off stage. Right, I'm right. talking about when you are dealing with that customer, right. you've got to put a face on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean and, and I, I'm and I'm bad at it. Yeah. To give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. My largest commercial producer that writes about, oh, a million dollars in premium a year. Two weeks ago, his brother puts puts a gun to his head in a, in a parking lot, in, in like a Walmart Target parking lot somewhere, and pulls the trigger and commits suicide. Two weeks ago. Wow. So it's, and I'm, I mean it when I say that it seems like we go in, my agency goes into this rotating, you know, rotation of tragedy. And some of this stuff, you know, a customer walks in to make a payment. Guy calls you because he's got a problem with his bill. You know, if you're not on stage when you answer that phone or you're in front of that customer, you know, I'm not going to say that they don't care, but people seem to care a lot more about what they've got going on than what you've got going on. And you've got to find a way when you're in front of that customer to, to put the happy face on and create the magic for them. And then as soon as they're gone, you can go back to, you know, what, whatever state of mind that you're in at that moment. And it's not just my agency. It's every agency that's listening to this right now. Everybody has the same thing going on. So that's enough of that guys. I want to go back. (laughs) I want to go back to Kagan. Kagan jump in the passenger seat of my DeLorean. We'll, we'll, we'll imagine that this one actually works and talk to our audience. Let's go back in time for just a little bit and tell us how you got into the insurance industry and then work us up to today. Yeah. So as I said, I started out in the restaurant industry and worked worked a lot in high school. I had phenomenal opportunity. You know, I missed pretty much everything in, in the high school realm, but I gained a lot mm-hmm. um, in, in the work environment. And so some would believe that was bad and well, a lot of believe that would be bad. And then uh, very few would believe it was good, but it's why I'm here today. Mm -hmm. So I actually uh, worked for Chick-fil-A. Then I I got married and married my, married my best friend actually was planning on marrying someone else and figured out my best friend was the one that I needed to spend the rest of my life with. And so movie script, there's been how many, how many romantic comedies have, 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 have been that particular script right there? About a hundred. Well, (laughs) (laughs) seems like anyway, 
Yeah, right. So, I mean, we definitely did not write this. Uh, it was it was crazy, but um, didn't even date. Uh, didn't even date my my best friend. We just I just one day said, "That's the person I need to marry," and we literally got engaged in like twenty four hours. That is awesome. Um, and so that's a whole another story. But right after that, my wife, who has lived in Yukon, uh, Oklahoma, her whole life, uh, picked up and moved to Washington D.C. And worked for another uh, restaurant uh, chain mm -hmm. and uh, helped them expand into suburb areas and decided uh, once my wife was pregnant there, they said, hey, look, uh, D.C. is not the place that we want to raise our child. Mm -hmm. um, and my wife was uh, already telling me that she really didn't want to live here. <laughs> so, wow, okay. And maybe that was by the uh, the crying and everything mm -hmm. else. And right. she would she would I can t say that because she would she would tell you that as well. She cried a lot while she was there. And so we said, OK let's let's go back mm -hmm. and it was like well what are we going to go back to mm -hmm. and i just looked at the trend of my family and you know being very successful in the restaurant industry all of them i just said you know though i could do this they all got out because they they didn't have the time with their family mm -hmm. um or their health uh deteriorated because of it mm -hmm. and i said i i don't want to follow that trend mm -hmm. though i know success could be there right. i don't really care about that i'd prefer to, to care more about my family mm -hmm. at that time and so I went into insurance at that point. I called my father-in-law, who's actually an insurance agent in Oklahoma City, Love and I said, hey, can I come work for you? And he said, Kagan, you're going to hate this. <laughs> and I said, well, I, I, can you let me try? And he was like, you can come do whatever the heck you want, but I'm telling you, you're not going to like this. What, what was his, you're going to be his, bored. What was his reasoning behind his thought process behind you hating it so much? Uh, I, I think because – I move extremely quick. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when, when most people take months to do something, I try to do it in a day. Love it. And so, and that can be a, that can be a good or bad thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, but with that, I said, Hey, okay. If I don't like it, you know, if I get bored, okay, I can, I can go somewhere else. Right. But he said, yeah, sure. So in about, uh, I would say nine months, mm -hmm. I said, Hey, look, I think I can go start my own agency uh, in the Yukon area. Mm -hmm. What do you think? And he said, go do it. Right. And so I went out there and, and started. Um, and so started from scratch, uh, actually represented uh, AAA insurance and the way they work in Oklahoma area is that we function more like an independent. So we have many other companies that we ride under. And so it was a phenomenal opportunity to have that, that core brand, but also to have the experience with all these other carriers. Right. So I uh, did that. And, you know, my my father-in-law said, you know, okay, and I, I really don't know. Very honestly, I, I don't know how long the insurance agent's going to be around hmm. because of technology. And, you know, I, I thought, okay, great. I've just signed a three-year <laughs> lease on a brand new building. Mm. I have just hired my first employee. Mm -hmm. And I have zero clients and have zero revenue. Mm -hmm. So I am I'm in a great position uh, <laughs> right, here. Right. And so that was on my mind uh, as I started. It didn't it didn't stop me from starting, but it definitely was in my mind of okay, how am I going to survive? Um, I, I'm kind of one of those people that look at life or death. It's mm -hmm. kind of okay. This is I'm either going to live through this or I'm going to die through it. Right. And I, I'm going to I usually choose to live, <laughs> right. and so or I find a way to live. And so all of that being said, that was really what started started my mind thinking about how do I innovate? How do I bring new technology into my agency? How do I build processes around to make my life easier and my team's life easier? 
how do we not forget things? You know, I, I saw so many agencies and my peers, like they were known for forgetting things. They were known for not keeping their word on things. And it wasn't that they were intentionally doing it. It was just that they were so busy. Right. And I said, okay, I can't be that. I have to, people have to know that I keep my word mm -hmm. at all times. Right. And, and so I started implementing technology to, to do that. And I was kind of known as the, the young guy who was doing things differently. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone was trying to figure out what was going on, but you know, of course they, they stay somewhat clear mm -hmm. <laughs> of me. And, uh, and, but that's when I really learned a lot. And that's, that's really when I came to the point of understanding that marketing was going to be extremely important for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And my digital presence was extremely important, but I didn't feel like I had the support uh, that I that I needed. The carriers, I didn't feel like I had you know support from the carriers, and all these different things. And not not saying anything bad towards them, but really coming to a point to say, okay, what do I do? Right. What do I do? I'm I'm I I've got this agency that I'm trying to grow. Um, you know, I don't have unlimited funds here. And it's a, it's um, a lonely feeling mm -hmm. when, when you sit down with a carrier rep and you can't even tell them everything that you're working on mm -hmm. because you know that they'll either a not understand it or B think it's stupid. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's I, like, you, you kind of feel like you're here and the carriers are, you know what I mean? It, and lonely is really not the right word. It's just a weird, it's kind of a weird spot to be in. But, but I've always said, and I continue to maintain what you just said what just came out of your mouth is the biggest advantage we have mm -hmm. because for carriers using technology doing the things that they do it's like moving the titanic out of the way of the iceberg mm -hmm. for us as insurance agents if we listen to the insurance guys podcast take a technology you can have it up and running tomorrow they can't do that you can't, mm -hmm. if you're nationwide and one of your, you know, uh, middle level marketing people hears something on our podcast, you've got to go up 14 different chains. Right. It has to be approved. Okay. Yeah, well, maybe we can do that next year. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what they do. But is that not a huge advantage that we have as agents? Yeah. Well, in, in my agency, kind of my value add to my team is we provide them with unlimited leads. Mm -hmm. That's what I do right. is marketing. Right. I can, I can generate you all the leads you can work. My team has so many leads that they're working on, so many things they're working on that right. they can't adequately keep up, and we're That's about awesome. to hire a third person. And just last week, a carrier rep, you know, all these carrier reps talk. Right. But so do all the agents. Right. And I had an agent call me and said, hey, such and such with such and such company said that he didn't think what you were doing is going to be sustainable because you're so focused on marketing. Wow. And I'm like, my people have more prospects than they know what to do with. Right. Like, right. how does the math of that not work out? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's just from a the outside looking in, it's it's hard. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. you're doing two completely different jobs. Right. You right, know, right. but you're right. And actually... Probably one of the proudest moments I've had since I started the agency is two weeks ago, one of my team members uh, had to take a week off. Mm -hmm. She was sick, took seven days off. Mm -hmm. And when she got back, it took us 45 minutes to update her mm -hmm. on all the changes, major changes. Right. And I like that. Yeah. And when, you know, yeah. Kate, when Kagan said he was moving fast, like I like that. Mm -hmm. And coming from an agency, not right. scared to say it now, that operated like, ABC insurance carrier in 1933 and took forever mm -hmm. to make a change. Right. The fact that I can now say, all right, let's do it. 
and it gets done. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If we want to implement Slack, if we want to connect something to our, our management system, mm-hmm. we can make those changes. It literally took us 45 minutes to update her on, okay, we got this, 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 mm-hmm. all these changes. That's how fast we move. Mm-hmm. And I always want to be like that. Right. So, Definitely. Kagan, I think where we left off is you were still, at this point in time, at AAA, uh, you were starting to feel the, I guess, for lack of a better term, lack of support, maybe, in terms of the things that you wanted to do. And then go go ahead and go from there. I'm sorry we interrupted you. No, it's great. So that's that's when I really started thinking about, okay, how can I help myself, but also how can I help other people? Because mm-hmm. this is a this is a need mm-hmm. uh, that all of these agents are facing, right. and it's a you know that that thought of I, I really started understanding the value of the agent mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand I started to understand the struggle. I started thinking like an agent. Okay, how if I invest in this, how many policies is it going to take me to sell this? Right. You know, and and to do this and to to take risk and everything else, and you start really understanding more so of why uh, agents think the way they do. Uh, it's hard work, um, and and selling is is not easy, especially with with insurance. With all of that, I that's when I came with the idea of Brightbeam. It's it's completely it's it's not completely changed, but it definitely has morphed um, since we first started. Sure. And uh, the the first idea was okay, we're going to provide a an online marketplace for consumers to come and shop and compare quotes online with insurance agents, mm-hmm. not with just like lead gen sites, right. but actually feel safe knowing that they're with a person. And they they can gather those uh, their their quotes and make the best decision for them. Mm-hmm. What we found in that was there were there were some things the way we built our platform and and just some other things with con- consumers and their experience. And we said, okay, we really need to step back and think about this further and think about the agent more and how can we help them and how can we provide the consumer the best experience possible. Mm-hmm. And so. What we what we did was at that point I actually sold my business. I I wanted to make sure there was no conflict of interest mm-hmm. uh, with what I was doing with the carriers because I said those carriers are going to be my clients one day, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure I end with a really good relationship. And so sold that business, sold the other business, and really said, okay, we are going to dive in to Brightby and figure this out. Mm-hmm. And we've been on a mission uh, ever since. Mm-hmm. So at that point, that's when uh, we went full throttle. Uh, we actually, I'll be completely honest, we almost ran out of money. And we said, okay, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, how are we going to survive this? Mm-hmm. Because most people would say, well, we ran out of money. And you know, they, we've already tried funding and that didn't work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they just give up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I said, I'm like survival. How do we survive through all of this? Mm-hmm. How do we make it? And uh, I'm not I'm not concerned about where we are right now. I'm concerned about where we're going to be. And so how do we make it to get there? Mm-hmm. And so we actually uh, started listening to the agents and they started saying, well, guys, we really like your marketing. We love your branding. We love all these different things. Mm-hmm. And we said, OK. And they said, well, if you'll do marketing for us, uh, we'll pay for it. And so we spun up an, a marketing agency for insurance agents like in days. I remember you and I and, had a conversation yeah. about it around that time, right? Yeah. You know, some people would say, well, you, you lost focus. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not losing focus here. I'm surviving so mm-hmm. we can get that focus back. Right. And, um, and so we actually, yeah. yeah. So we, so what we said was 
we were going to start this marketing agency to help us survive and bootstrap mm-hmm. so we can start developing better technology and a better experience. Mm-hmm. And that is that is when we got accepted into the, the Global Insurance Accelerator and received investment. Now, let me stop and, you right there. Let mm-hmm. me stop you right there. Folks, I want you to listen to this. So he's about to start talking about the Global Insurance Accelerator, which is an insure tech accelerator. And before he starts talking about it, let me tell you about this guy that we've got on the podcast today. Kagan, please, please correct me if I'm wrong. He uprooted his family for three months and they moved to Iowa for three months to be a part of the Global Insurance Accelerator. Now you take it from there. So yes, I I did uh, take, so here's the deal. We, uh, We applied for the Global Insurance Accelerator and I had no hope of getting in. Mm -hmm. I literally threw it out there and said, you know, this money would be nice, Mm -hmm. but there, there's just no way Mm -hmm. like just where we're at uh, in the stage of our company. We're just not there. And I was completely realistic. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't think we got it. And I got a call one day and said, Kagan, you're in, I need to know in 24 hours if you're coming. And Uh, okay, let's let's stop right there. Let's stop right there because I want to explain to the audience what this is. Explain to our agents that are listening to this right now what exactly the Global Insurance Accelerator is so they understand that. Yeah, so the Global Insurance Accelerator is an accelerator that is it is a it is global, so they take people from all around the world. This last cohort, they it's a it's a 3-month program, but they they only do it once a year mm-hmm. and they took 10 companies, 10 startups in all different stages, some from just the the very idea and nothing else and some that had something and some who were trying to figure out who they were. And I would say we were I felt like we were all all of those. Right. Um, we we came in uh, to that uh, with 12 uh, carriers who invest into the GIA. Mm-hmm. So Carriers like uh, Allstate, Prudential, Farm Bureau, EMC, Markel, mm-hmm. uh, all of these different carriers uh, come in and say, we want to be a part. And they put actually $100,000 in each, and then that is distributed to the 10 different companies. Mm-hmm. Now, now, let me and stop s- you right there, because in my mind, and, and I think, you know, I, I'm not Scott. I am the 250,000 insurance agents from around the world that listen to this. And I think that we as a collective group are envisioning like a shark tank type scenario where there's seven, eight guys and girls sitting in chairs and you're walking out on stage and you're, you know, you're giving your pitch for what Bright B is and what it can become. Is that kind of what this is? Yeah, no. So it's it's very different. Um, okay. Much more much more laid back, I would say. Um, right. You know, these these people, you know, the sharks, that's that's one of those things where it's kind of dramatized. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, we're sitting in front of, we're sitting in front of these people and I'm telling them exactly where we've come from. I mean, I'm telling them all these things and I'm thinking there ain't no way mm-hmm. <laughs> there mm-hmm. ain't no way I'm, I'm pretty open and honest. And sometimes people say I'm a little too like open, but honestly, I'd rather people just know right. uh, where we are. And so I told them where we are, where we've come from, what we're struggling with, um, what we just created, uh, a marketing agency to help fund ourselves. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking they think that I'm a nutcase <laughs> and, and I, there ain't no way. Right. And so we're kind of sitting that way. And, you know, these people have had startups themselves. Some have startups now. Some people have IPO'd. 
I mean, there's there's lots of different different right. people in the room, right? And so, um, lots of different different levels of you know what we call success. Mm-hmm. But the the people, it's very it's very interesting. But as you guys know, Iowa, Des Moines is the capital of you know insurance, and so there are tons of people talking the same language, right? There, and so. They understood uh, to some degree what we were doing, mm-hmm. uh, but were intrigued enough to say, "Okay, let's let's give them a shot." Mm-hmm. And so that's that's really where we came. And he said, "You've got 24 hours to let me know." They were on a time crunch, and honestly, at that point, I didn't even want to go. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "You know what? We'll do this a different way." Um, and I told my team, I said, "Hey, here's all the reasons why mm-hmm. we shouldn't go." Mm-hmm. And my advisors came back in five minutes. I, I was amazed at how quick, and they said. You have to do this, Kagan. And I'm usually the opposite. I'm usually like jump and we'll figure out where Mm -hmm. our wings are later. Mm -hmm. My team said, Kagan, why are we not doing this? Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, if you guys are in, I will move our family. Let's talk about the psychology of your reasoning behind not wanting to go. Was this fear on your part of failure? Is this... uh, is this low self-esteem? What, what what would cause a kid that's that's achieved as much as you have to get to, I don't want to say the finish line because it was kind of the starting line, but you get there, you, you get what you kind of w- were hoping to get, and, and then you start doing the whole, eh, I don't think we ought to go. What what would psychologically cause you to do that? Well, so I think the first thing was is I was I already felt a little burned by investors. Okay. And so I had just gone through kind of this time frame of talking to a lot of investors. Mm-hmm. You know, I think every startup goes through that time of like, okay, do I am I going to test the waters on talking to investors and seeing what I can get? Right. And I kind of came to this point of like, we're just going to do this organically. Mm-hmm. We're just going to do this. And then I, I think there was a I think there was a selfish part as well of mm-hmm. saying. You know, I don't want to give these people that I don't really know equity right. into this company that we are dying for. Mm. And then the other thing was, is I was really concerned about my family. Mm. Um, I was concerned about how are we going to make this work? Uh, I've got two little boys um, that I don't, I don't want to have to leave this company because I can't provide for them or I oh. can't, I can't provide even the like their dad mm-hmm. like to be there. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I just had all these, uh, literally, I was pretty emotional, like all these feelings of, mm-hmm. it wasn't about fear or doubt. I mean, honestly, I was to a point where, you know, you kind of run in fear, right? You're just like, okay, this is this is not working exactly how we liked, or this is not going how we would have thought and everything else. So you kind of get, I don't know, a numb to right, all of that. Right. That's kind of where my mind was. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I looked at what was funny was, I'm typing this email out, and my wife never looks at my emails mm-hmm. or my computer when I'm working. And mm-hmm. that day, she walks in, mm-hmm. and she decides to stand over me. Mm-hmm. And I look at her, and I say, I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> but you're. But I have not talked to you about this email that I'm sending. <laughs> but you're getting on my damn nerves standing <laughs> over me right now. <laughs> and, and I don't know what you're doing. But And she read it, and she just was like, oh, like what's going on? And so it was kind of a shock, you know, that mm. wasn't the way I wanted to, you know, pretty much say, Hey, we're moving, <laughs> right? but that's how it happened. And, and so that's when we decided, like we had, I think we had like three weeks mm. roughly, mm-hmm. um, to, to pick up and, you know, people don't have to move, but in our family, we were in a place where we, where we could move. And then also there was no way to travel right. every week. Um, that was just, 
I just didn't think that would be good for my health nor for my family. And so we said, we're just going to call this an adventure. And so we moved into a little hotel and lived there for the next three months uh, in the you know, I think record-breaking uh, snow and mm-hmm. uh, cold, and I mean, it's like negative 20-something there mm-hmm. um, during this time. And so we just said, we're going to call this a journey, and we're going to grow through it, and we're going to we're going to survive through I this. I love it. The great adventure. So, so you get there, and let's talk briefly, and then I want to move on to our last topic of the day. But you get there, and I'm assuming that three-month stretch that while, while you're there – they're what are they dissecting your company giving you feedback you know things that they feel like will work won't work is that kind of what goes on yeah so for the first three weeks uh it's it's really like speed dating right um you are meeting we met hundreds of people and we're talking to them about what we're doing Mm -hmm. what what we're working on everything there and it was a it was an eye-opener for us Mm -hmm. um we were definitely encouraged to be there mm-hmm. um, to hear so many, so much good feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't always good feedback towards what we were doing, but mm-hmm. good feedback and constructive. The uh, way you were going, maybe. Right. Absolutely. And so um, we really did not, I would say, see, we kept seeing the light as we continue to move forward in the program. Mm-hmm. But we really came to a point where we, we said, okay we built this wrong and we need to go rebuild this again. Mm. And that was when it was like, this is what we need to do. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't going to be any easier, Mm -hmm. but this is what we need to do. This is why we need to do this. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we really, uh, we call it our Mm 2.0. We took out the middleman. The bright B was the middleman Mm -hmm. of things. And it was, and it was causing some friction between the consumer and the agent. Mm -hmm. And we said, let's take it out and let's make sure that we can help people find insurance agents Mm -hmm. where they're searching. So, you know, the, the problem is, is that insurance agents um, are not being found where consumers are searching online. Mm. And so what we are, our whole goal and our mission is to help consumers find insurance agents where they are searching mm. and then get them to that agent as quickly as possible. Get the information in front of them as quickly as possible versus trying to have some middleman get a piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. And so we, we took that out. And we started seeing the light, and that's when carriers were talking to more of a, to us about how they were interested in what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And we we we're so excited to say that we just signed uh, a pilot agreement with a carrier, um, and so that was uh, a, a huge a huge win for us. And we're so excited to be a partner with them. So all the agents that are listening to this, like I am, just heard you say that insurance agents aren't reaching people and maybe, maybe, maybe it was the companies. I I don't know which you were speaking of, but maybe it's both, but I know that all the insurance agents listening to this right now are sitting there thinking, well, hell, if we're not reaching them where they are, where do we need to be? So my question to you is, can you discuss that? Is that something that you can talk about or is that some type of proprietary thing right now that you, you want? Okay. Okay. Yeah, no. So we are uh, very, very open in what we're doing. And, you know, honestly, we try to keep things extremely simple. You uh-huh. know, a lot of people want to sell this, you know, all this technology and how it's going to change your life and everything else. And then you think about it and you're like, okay, well, for an agent, how long is this going to take me to implement? Mm-hmm. Um, how much is it going to cost me? And how much time is it going to be on me um, every right. single day of my life? You know, how many more systems can I have? 
And we just decided, hey, we're going to do things differently. So we started out really simple. Um, we're actually an online directory that is uh, specifically built for the insurance industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's specifically built uh, for search engines. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's architecture behind um, our our platform to where search engines really like it because mm-hmm. it's feeding them the data that they need to help their mm-hmm. help the consumers who are searching be able to find what they're needing. Right, right. And so. What we have done is we've we've created an online directory that is specifically geared toward agencies and agents. Mm-hmm. Um, we are working with carriers because there are whether people believe it or not, there are many carriers out there who are very focused on the insurance agent and their success. But the problem is is that they're still searching for what can help them best mm-hmm. and what can they do that's cost effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you know, so there's a lot of different moving parts there. But what we are doing is providing a platform uh, where agents can be found, and we're really working on niche markets as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not just you know home and auto, but really getting down into commercial and different mm-hmm. niche markets. Mm-hmm. And this is, guys, just to everyone to hear me, this is a process. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. can't just go spin up a website one day and then just think that everything's going to come to yeah, you. Yeah, here come the leads. Um, <laughs> What we want to be, what we want to be is an additional channel, mm-hmm. a strong additional channel, an mm-hmm. advocate for the agent mm-hmm. um, to be found in multiple different places mm-hmm. um, online. And so we don't believe we're the end all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't believe anyone, if anyone tells you that, I think they are lying mm-hmm. um, to you. And we want to be a channel, a, a very strong channel to help insurance agents grow. Mm-hmm. As a as a marketing agency, what we figured out was when we looked at people's websites and they said, well, I want to do SEO work and I want to do all these things. Mm-hmm. We said, okay, these sites were not built for that. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. not built. The architecture that they have were, were not built. And so we were looking at it and out of 190 people that we kind of did a case study on, mm-hmm. it was going to be over a million dollars of work mm-hmm. to fix these things. Right. And we said – that right now, I just don't believe is doable for all these agents. Right. I don't believe it's. I don't believe it's something that they fully understand, which is completely understandable because I don't think people have explained it well. Mm-hmm. And so we said we have to provide a platform that can help them improve their online exposure mm-hmm. without them having to spend six thousand dollars on their website. Right. You know, just to start. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we really started building the platform to to help generate more online exposure for them mm-hmm. um, and we control we we control and we help update all these changes that Google's making mm-hmm. and search engines are making so that they don't have to worry and spend all the money on that all the time so two things I want to say to the audience number one to my knowledge Bradley correct me if I'm wrong we, we are not getting paid a dime not one dime to discuss this correct I, I have Kagan Henson on this podcast right now for one reason and one reason only, and that is to help insurance agents. And my friend and great American, and I love him a lot more than he loves me, even though he would he would argue that, Mr. Mike Stromso says it best. I think the podcast listeners would say you love him more than he loves you too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. So Mike Stromso says it best, guys. If you want to reach 100% of the market, you got to be where 100% of the market is. Now, is Bright B going to tackle 100% of the market? Absolutely not. But it's everything that you do in totality, it's the it's the Facebook ads, it's the Bright B, it's the social media posting, it's Bradley right now videoing me, it's it's our videographer G Torch over here. 
so, yeah, what's up, G Torch? G Torch, who is videoing this right now, it's it's everything in totality that gets you to a hundred percent of the market. It's the local football advertising in the in the little football program that your local football team has. It's all of it. You want to reach a hundred percent of the market, then you got to get where a hundred percent of the market is, and that's not easy. And I think that's one of the things that you're kind of touching on right now. So, Kagan, do me a favor. And tell the audience if they are interested in learning more about Bright B and how you guys can help them reach a, a, a you know a, a portion of this hundred percent we're trying to get in to. a different kind of way. Absolutely. How do they how do they get in touch with you? Where do they go? Yeah, so they just go to brightbee.com and uh, they can they can say that they want to claim their page. Um, I'll tell you, uh, we are at thirty nine ninety five uh, to be on the platform for a whole agency uh, okay. per month. So we try to keep it extremely cost effective, and uh-huh. we try to make it uh, where you know you don't have to worry about okay, if I if I have a producer leave, then I gotta change the pricing and all this stuff. We just we've made it to where it's flat. So if you have a hundred producers uh-huh. that are underneath you, you can add a hundred producers. If you have ten, you can add ten. Um, all of that is additional content for you that will help you increase your your online exposure. With that being said, if you if you do write for uh, Markel and you have a, a direct relationship with them, I, I would love to talk to you more because we have a, a, a discounted rate for those people because of the relationship that we have. Mm-hmm. So that is a that is a huge win for insurance agents, and they are a huge support for insurance agents. So that's something I would love to talk to more. Okay, to I've got about. I've got to move on to our next topic because I've got one more thing to cover before we get off this show, and, and and Bradley's telling me to wrap this up. So before we move on to that next topic, I want you to email me Scott Howell your application for getting on board with Bright B, and and I will promise you. We'll be down here most of the week, but next week you and I are going to get together and we're, my agency is going to be part of that. So email me the application or, or, or whatever I need to fill out to get this ball rolling and we're going to do that. Now, last thing of the day before I get off this podcast, you visit a lot of agency offices. My goal in 2019 is to give these agents some actionable steps of things that they can change in their agency to become better. That's what we do on this podcast. So one of the things we talked about right when we got on the, the podcast today uh, before we came on air was I said, I want to give these agents some actionable steps. You visit a lot of agency offices. Tell us just three or four bullet points of things that you see when you're out in these different agency offices that, that agents can do better or things that they could tweak just a little bit to, to have more success in sales and increase their profitability. The, the one thing I, I think about is I think every agent thinks about what am I good at? Right. Um, I think we all focus on that, right? And we, and we say, okay, if, I, if we do more of that, then it's going to go great, right? It's kind of like a, if, you, if you think of the, the GIF, I love Lucy, and she's, at the, she's getting the chocolate from the conveyor belt. You guys remember that where she's just like scrambling and she's putting <laughs> it in her, she's putting it in her shirt. And right. She's trying to keep up, but yeah. she's, you know, if, I- if iconic she episode. To do, yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. If she continues to do what she's good at, Oh, it, it must work out. Right. I think we need to shift our thoughts. I think we need to shift our thoughts as insurance agents to say what is possible. Uh-huh. And, you know, we're good at all these things, but the question, is, the true, the question is, is what is possible? Mm-hmm. What could we be doing? What, what can we do? Um, what could we take a risk on? And I think we've got to be able to think about 
what's in the future, what's to come, not what's now, but what is going to happen later down the road. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that the insurance agent's going to go away, but I do believe that the insurance agent's going to have struggles if they do not start thinking about the future now. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds cliche because we hear it all the time, but I think if, if we start thinking about what is possible, what can my agency do? that they're not doing right now and how could we take risk? How could we uh, take calculated risk, Mm -hmm. fail some and win some. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times what we don't want to do is we've worked so hard in our insurance agencies that we don't want to really lose. We Mm -hmm. know how to win. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we don't really want to lose because we've lost a lot when we first started. Mm -hmm. And I think we've got to flip our, our thought process and say, okay, what is possible? What can I take risk on? And if I lose, what can I learn from it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I don't believe all this, you know, when we think about failure, I just, I don't consider it failure. I consider it learnings that all the things that I've done thus far, I say it's my Harvard degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I paid for it. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I've learned so much mm-hmm. along the way. And I think that's really where we have to flip our our mindset is mm-hmm. truly asking ourselves, okay, Okay, again, what is possible here? What could it be? Right. We don't know how to get there, but we're going to start moving forward and, get, mm-hmm. and, and go towards it. And, and when you talk about failure versus success and not being afraid to fail, are you speaking in terms of uh, marketing and advertising methods that insurance agents may try relative to the insure techs that are out there that are that are more and more becoming seen uh, less of a disruptor, okay, and more of a assistant to the insurance agent that's out there. Because in my mind, and what I'm hearing is, you know, for the past five years, we've been hearing InsureTech, InsureTech, disruptor, going to disrupt, going to do away with the agent. And now that's morphing itself into, hey, we we InsureTechs, yeah, we want to disrupt the industry by helping and assisting agents and getting better, bringing in more business, making things simpler, as, as Bradley likes to say, making your agency more customer-centric focused, is that where you're speaking of in terms of success and failure and things that these agents try? Is that what you're talking about? Man, I'm, I'm really talking about it all. Um, okay. I'm talking that you know marketing is a huge part, and I see you know with where we are, I see that marketing is definitely something that people can take some more risk on. And actually, you know, everyone's like, well, I want the return on investment. Right, Guys, right. return on investment, it takes time, but it also mm-hmm. sometimes it takes sacrifice. Right. It takes sacrifice to get your brand out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're going to get every lead from that. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is that I think about, you know, asking myself, okay, well, if I acquire as an agent, if I acquire that agency, that other agency, What's possible if I do that? Right. Um, if I if I do this, what's possible? Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think that's where you know we we don't look outside of our agency. What other opportunities are out there, and how could I flow that into the agency mm-hmm. um, to to make it greater? Mm-hmm. Well, Kagan, I could sit here and talk to you for fourteen hours straight, and I can't do that today. But I want you to know something. I absolutely love you, and I love what you are doing in the industry. Because since the very first second that I met Kagan Henson, the story has never changed. I am trying to do something to help insurance agents. And it's always been, don't care. You know, I'm going to set my ego aside. And we're going to do at Bright B 
what's best for the agent and not necessarily what's best for bright B. And I think you have worked harder, probably harder than anybody I've ever met. It's kind of like going out to the rifle range when you're in the Marine Corps, you know, adjust your, your windage, adjust, adjust your company, adjust how you're doing things, try something different. Okay. That didn't work. Let's try something else. And I think you're, you're through this process, including your time at the global insurance accelerator You've continued to adjust and readjust and fire again and readjust, and I think you're getting there. I think you're getting to where you feel good about what you guys are doing, your mission, and and what you're doing moving forward. And on behalf of the 250,000 insurance agents listening to this, I want to say thank you. Well, thank you. We are excited to struggle for you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's probably the best way that I've ever heard it put. Guys, my friend and great American Jeff Roy says this, don't skate where the puck is. Skate where the puck is going. And at its true, truest essence of what we just got through spending an hour and 15 minutes talking about on the podcast, you guys have got to skate where the puck is. Get your ass out from behind that desk today and go make money for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your kids, for your parents that are struggling. Go be successful for them if for nobody else. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Kagan. Kagan, Kagan, I love you too, brother. Y'all have a great day. And we, we will see you back here soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys Podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys Podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys.